Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes. On today's show, I'm going to be talking with Isaac Waters. He's got a new song out called All I Need with a really intriguing video. I want to learn more about that and much more. So welcome to the show, Isaac. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You shot a really cool video in Pipes Canyon in California. Yeah. And uh, what what brought you to that? I, I know uh, you were inspired by a Vim Vendors movie. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, there's this film, Paris, Texas, that I really love. And um, the director for this music video is my friend Aaron Eisenberg. And he sent over a bunch of ideas for it. And one of the references was the opening scene of that film where Harry Dean Stanton is wandering around in, I think, Monument Valley. Um, and I kind of just latched onto that and thought that would be cool to just basically copy that. So um, I dressed up like Harry Dean Stanton in that scene and we just basically shot me wandering around in the desert. We weren't able to make it all the way to Monument Valley, but uh, we were out by Pipes Canyon. It's like near Joshua Tree, uh, kind of near Pioneer Town area. Um, yeah. You have a unique vocal style. Yeah, I guess that's you know that's a version. There's a vocal style that is on the on the on the record. Um, it's it's slightly different when I perform live. The energy level is different, I think. Um, but yeah, I think I I try not to feel like it's like too performative. If that makes sense, just kind of saying the words. Are delivering it <laughs> but i think in a in a live setting i do start to perform it more um it'll get louder that kind of thing well i think harry dean stan would be proud of it that's cool <laughs> thanks yeah because so. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of capture you know that indie film style of like the late 80s early 90s uh -huh. Were you a fan a fan of movies from that time? Um, I mean, yeah, yes. I don't. I'm not a, a big movie buff. I don't. I don't have a, a, a extensive knowledge. But uh, I mean, yeah, to, to a certain extent, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, what were your music influences? Um, I mean, it kind of depends. Um, you mean like for this for this song, what were my music influences, or just in general, or like growing in up? general? Yeah, yeah, growing up. Um, I mean, I've been really, I really enjoy um, maybe Nick Cave is maybe one of my favorite artists. Um, I like uh, Modest Mouse a lot, um, Leonard Cohen. Um, Mark Kozlek, just kind of anyone that has interesting songs, interesting lyrics. Mm -hmm. I always am drawn to the like the poetry. I think maybe before the the music. Um, and when did you start performing? I started perf performing. Uh, I think the first show I ever played was two thousand 
2007, maybe 2008. Um, I grew up playing violin in uh, yeah, like in high orchestra, and I took fiddle lessons. Um, this is in Tucson. Um, every week from like third grade or fourth grade up through high school, uh, but I was never really performing other than performing in orchestra or you know recitals. Um, and then I went to architecture school. This when I came out to LA and. Uh, so I didn't really do any music for five years and I was in architecture school. I was basically just doing school. Um, but my little brother also came out to USC and he was studying engineering. And uh, we had a, at, towards the end of my last year in school, we had a just a jam group where we would play every Wednesday night at my house. And um, we had an old organ and a bunch of instruments and kind of started writing songs together. Uh, and so I think I played a show at some point. I played a couple songs of my own songs. I think the first time was like 2007, but then I didn't do it again for a few years. Um, then my first record that I actually went into a studio and, and put out, that was in 2010, 2011, something like that. Um, and kind of since then, I've just been playing pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so how do you juggle that? Like, you know, being an architect sounds like a pretty comprehensive career. Uh, yeah, it was for, um, for a while I worked at a number of different architecture firms and, um, um, but I would always find time for music and, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, pretty hard to make money from music. So it's good to have another career. <laughs> um, but the last five or six years, I've been mainly doing design for film and TV, um, mm. which is which is good because it allows more time in between projects uh, to to work on a record or uh, play shows or rehearse with the band and things. Um, it's not when you're working at an architecture firm, it's more of like a nine to five and you get a few weeks off every year. But when you're doing a film project, you can work on it for a few months and then you have a couple months off. So it kind of allows for more time for music. Um, Design work seems very analytical. Do you, are you, do you have the same approach to your music? Um, no, I mean, there's, there's some similarities, I think. Um, I think you know being able to see the big picture and trying to and figuring out you know what the small things are you need to get there I guess is something that like works with writing a song or or designing a building or designing a set for for film but uh, the difference with music is it's just yeah it's, it is it is a lot more free there's no constraints of like what it has to be for the client or what it has to be for the film. Um, it's just what I want it to be. And uh, it's a lot easier. <laughs> and yeah, I, and it, it is more free and freeing in that in that way, I guess. Well, what are the things you've really felt compelled to write about now? Um, with this record, I, I think a lot of a lot of what it's about is um the the anxiety of of just 
the world and the climate catastrophe that we're so, that's sort of slowly and now more quickly feels like accelerating in our lifetime. Um, that, that, that was kind of like this dark cloud in the back of my mind, I think, for a lot of this. And um, I think you know, a lot of my uh, metaphors and things always have come from nature. Um, so it's sort of this uh, uh, sense sense of dread maybe a little bit in there um yeah I, w I did i wrote it when i was staying at a desert desert cabin outside of joshua tree this was like three years ago or even maybe even longer uh when i first started writing it um and that it just kind of came out that chorus um and yeah it is that idea of simplicity and uh, we don't have to keep uh taking more or needing more um, in order to be happy, I think. Um, and then, you know, in the, I think it's in the second verse, I reference Michael Collins, who is this astronaut that is the astronaut that's not as well known because he didn't actually get to touch down on the moon, but he went around the backside of the moon and then picked up Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin on the way home. And there's this interview that I had read with him around the same time, um, talking about how, you know, I guess his whole life after that, everyone kept asking him like, weren't you the loneliest man in the world? And, you know, you were on the dark side of the moon. He had no contact as farthest person away from earth that, you know, anyone had ever been from earth. And he was like, oh, no, it was actually pretty nice. I was warm. I even had a cup of coffee. <laughs> uh, so I think my mind was kind of going there, being out in that landscape, you know, it's, it's parts of the desert out there are, are pretty barren and it kind of feels like it could be a, a moon or another planet or something. Um, but yeah, I always, I always really liked that, that line from, from the interview that I was read with Michael Collins, just the, the idea of that he was like so content, even though he was all the way on the other side of the moon. Well, you could be out in the desert with a glass of Tang like the orange drink the orange drink that astronauts yeah. had oh yeah oh i didn't know the astronauts drank that yeah uh-oh I'm, I'm aging myself here we used to we used to put it on snow we would like put it on on snow and eat it when i was a kid oh yeah instant snow cone yeah now now so where did you grow up um i grew up well, i was born in mexico city and I grew up in a few different places in Mexico. We lived in Berkeley, California for a couple of years. And then we moved to Tucson. Uh, and Tucson is where I went to most, like junior high, high school. Um, and then came to LA for college and have been in LA ever since. So mm -hmm. now, now I've been in LA longer than anywhere else. So that really feels like home. So do you feel like you have a southwestern sound uh yeah sure i mean i i there is a lot of uh i, th I think i'm always th thinking about the desert and that's always kind of in my lyrics and this this new record feels a little bit more like uh based in the city as well than maybe some of my older stuff has been more like based in the desert um 
but yeah, I'd like I'd I'd like to have a southwestern sound. I think. Um, is is your favorite song of all time, "A Horse with No Name"? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, I would, I would, when I when I think of more like a southwestern sound, I would think of like you know like Towns Van Zant or something like that. I'd like to be you know in that world. Um, but uh, like. What are your favorite places to perform at? Well, I mean, basically, I most I mostly just perform at small clubs in LA right now, uh, which I love. Uh, you know, any any time I get to perform, it, it feels really good. Um, the band that I'm playing with right now is all a bunch of old friends that we've been we've been playing together for years, and um, we're playing it on again on monday at this bar called club tg in atwater um it has a really cool scene going there uh, kind of feels like it replaced some of what the bootleg was doing before which was another small venue that, that closed down during the pan pandemic that's uh, kind of my scene right now is just you know local la stuff i've done a few tours but like house show tours small tours up and down the coast things like that but uh, yeah, hoping to you know with this new record get to play some larger venues. Maybe we'll see what happens. How does this overlap with your Hollywood design career? Like, does do do celebrities pop up at your shows? Um, yeah, sometimes. I mean, the right now my Hollywood design career is is on hold because of the writers' strike. Um, which hopefully they can resolve it soon. But um, yeah, I mean, LA is kind of like, I think it's kind of like that. There'll be, you know, there are celebrities everywhere, but they're also just people's friends, you know? It's not like, it's kind of a weird thing in, in LA that um, so like the intense celebrity and then the, um like complete unknown of other people who maybe should be celebrities you know and it's what, like, what do you think of like when a hollywood actor starts a band i mean i don't know it depends on the actor i'm sure there's some amazing ones i can't really think of any off the top of my head but it, i mean it, it is it does definitely helps you know to already have a platform um like if you already have a couple million followers on Instagram, it'll help when you put out something on Spotify. Probably more people will listen to it. <laughs> like, does Keanu Reeves still have a band? Oh, I don't know. That I would be. I would like to see that. I didn't know he had a band. Like he did. Uh, what's this face? Jared Leto. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Get a pretty big band. He he was he was like is it yeah, Lee, is big band was it Thirty Seconds to Mars or something yeah yeah that's yep yeah, yeah they won like a Grammy or something that's pretty good maybe you could like share a stage with them and kickstart things with their audience yeah I mean you know being a set designer is not really the same level of celebrity as being a really famous actor. <laughs> 
it's probably more important than acting. Uh, I don't know if I would. I don't think so. Do, do you ever do you watch that show Succession? I haven't, and everyone keeps telling me it's really good. But uh, I just I just had a baby, and I haven't really had time to watch anything. Uh, oh, but set design is good on it. Yeah, I read about some of. It's, I mean, they're it's, filming it's, in a lot it's of. It's cold and like massive. Yeah, it's almost like a well, like a character. Yeah, I think sometimes like the set can be like a character. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it really makes a big difference. Yeah. Well, are I mean, you at liberty? Performances too, you know. Okay. Well, can you share some of the um, projects you've worked on as a designer? Um. Yeah, um, the first film that I worked on was a film called Chappaquiddick. Um, mm -hmm. There was the, uh, you know, the Ted Kennedy story. Um, so we built the bridge uh, full size that he crashed the car off of. We built it on a stage in Mexico um, on, in Baja. That was a really cool project to work on. My friend John Goldsmith was the production designer, so he got me on that project. And that's what got me into the union. Um, but since then, I've done, I did, worked on a season of Westworld. I worked on a season of Perry Mason. Um, I worked on Don't Worry Darling, the film that came out last year. Um, I did a season of the OA, which is really a really interesting Netflix show that sadly got canceled before they made the, they were supposed to make three more seasons, but I worked on the second season. Um, well, those are some impressive credits. Yeah, it's been really fun. I've gotten to do some really cool stuff. Um, yeah. I bet, I bet like Westworld, that you'd fit in there because your, your music video reminds me of that. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get any, I don't have any music in the show or anything, but I did, I did some of the design work for it, yeah. Oh, yeah. So how do you slip one of your songs to the producer? You know, can you say, hey, this would be really good in one of your scenes? I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, that's a tricky question. I don't, I don't really know. I haven't really been able to do that. And um, I think that could work, you know, if I was... Act more like actually friends with the producer or, or music supervisor. Um, I've kind of tried to get music to friends that way, you know, by having someone else hand it to them. It does, I don't know if it necessarily works for me to just be like, hey, I'm your set designer and here's my record. <laughs> yeah, I think they usually like. Well, you're you're in Holly you're in Hollywood. The first yeah. thing you learn is you know who do you kiss up to first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um all that time you're spending chatting up the, the craft services people, you really need to be talking to the production people. <laughs> yeah. <That's true. laughs> but no, it's exciting. Well, what else is gonna be coming out this year is all I need part of an album or a bigger project? Yeah, it is. Uh so I have an album that's 
I think now that the full album is actually going to come out early next year, uh, just because of how it's taken time to release each single. But we put out an EP uh, at the beginning of the year, and then we're starting to release some singles. We have another single coming out June seventh, uh, called "Coconut in the Street." That's a really great song. Um, and then there's another EP coming out in August, and then the full record will come out in the first quarter of next year. So just kind nice. of taking our time and promoting it. So, you know, I was putting out music as John Isaac Waters, and then I had a project called uh, Rainstorm Brother that was with my friend Tyler Chester, who's a really great producer. Um, but this is the first record that I've done as Isaac Waters, which is produced by my friend Matt Linish. And the record label that's helping me put it out is really kind of giving me the backing that I need to to put out, you know, more singles and do more publicity over a more extended period of time. So hopefully that turns into some more, um, you know, more stuff than it has in the past. But we'll see. Well, Coconut in the Street has already got me thinking. Yeah, what do you th what does it make you think? <laughs> that, that coconut is very vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the, and the music video practically writes itself. Yeah, we've been we've been trying to figure that out actually what we're going to do for the video, but um, we shot some cool live performances in the studio last week. Um, and we did that song, so we may just put that out for the video. Let's see. People like those. It, it's nice to see people, you know, just straight out perform the song. Yeah, I think it helps. You know, every everybody gets stuff on their phone or on Instagram now, uh, and maybe that you know they people even grab onto that more than a music video because it's obvious that it's a band performing, so they're maybe more prone to turn the volume up and listen. I don't know. Are you a charismatic live performer? Uh, yeah, I get I get kind of intense. Yeah. Um, so, so in the music video, you're kind of laid back. But when you're yeah. playing, you kind of rev it up a few notches. Yeah, I think in the music video, I was trying to do sort of like the Harry Dean Stanton thing where he almost not moving when he's walking in that scene um but for sure in the live performance uh it's a different uh, it's yeah it just feels different in my body you know when when you're performing for people and doing it live with the band then you know the way that we did the record was uh in layers so by the time that i was doing the final vocal take the music was done, you know, so it's it's just a different uh, situation, I guess. So who's the next icon you'd like to portray in a video? <laughs> um, I'm thinking uh, like the, the natural progression would be Dennis Hopper. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe or like a, a young, um, uh, who's that guy? That, uh, 
I did one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Jack Nicholson. A young Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yeah, that might be more like them. Yeah, maybe that would be more like uh, what my live performance is like, <laughs> more like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> or I don't know. You, you seem like a chameleon. Like you could be lots of different things. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll maybe I'll start my acting career after this. You know. Well, isn't that what it, this is all leading toward? Yeah, you know, just instead of being the actor that starts a music career, maybe I'll be the musician that starts an acting career. Where the, where the real money's at. <laughs> do you ever do that thing where you're on set and, and they're about to start the scene, but you kind of edge your way into the... <laughs> no. No, I think that would be a good way to not not get any more work. <laughs> and you you don't want to do that on the set when what's his name is acting because he won't like that. You know the one I'm thinking of, the guy from American Psycho. Oh, Christian what's Bale. It? Yeah, don't do that on a Christian Bale set. No, he doesn't like it when people get into his eyesight. I mean, you can't blame him. He's he's an amazing actor, you know, whatever he needs to make it happen. You know, he's just another cog in the wheel. They're, everyone's important on, on a movie set. Yeah, that's true. The, act, the actors are a little pampered, don't you think? Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've, never, I've never had to, to do what they do, and I think... Uh, um, you know, from the, knowing how hard it is, even just doing uh, like a vocal performance, say in the studio, uh, like when we were doing those live videos last week, it is this like weird mental game of, you know, how do you pretend that you're performing for a live audience and make it feel mm -hmm. like that real thing? So I don't, I would say, you know, actors, it's not that, it's not that easy to really, you know, convey emotion like that. I don't know if they need to be pampered a little bit to be able to bring it when they get in front of the camera. Maybe it's worth it. <laughs> when you're on the movie set, do you get your own trailer? No, no, I, I just have an office. Well, well, there you go. Yeah, we'll see Then, then, then they get compensated. Yeah, they get a trailer with probably, you know, their own private bathroom. So we can't feel too bad for them. No, I don't feel I don't feel bad for them. I think they're, you know, they're doing what they want to do. It's probably pretty fun, um, but it doesn't mean it's so, not hard work. So when you perform live, do you get any perks or do you like have any backstage requests? Um. You mean most of the places I'm playing right now are just, you know, very, very small. So there's no, there's no special treatment in that way. Yeah. Like no green room. Sometimes there'll be like a small green room. They'll have a bottle of wine in there or something. It's not like there'll be a spread of, you know, hummus and crackers or anything fancy. Oh my. So you might get like a, a little, um, bottle of wine from Trader Joe's and some grapes. Yeah, I mean grapes would be nice. That sounds that sounds like a really high-end 
gig. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know a lot of musicians, you know, they're just sitting in the audience with their guitar waiting for their turn. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, count yourself lucky if you get a dressing room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, before we wrap up, uh, I want to make sure people know where to find you online. So, where are the best places to hear your music and learn more about you? Um, yeah. So, Isaac Waters, it's Isaac with two A's and Waters with two T's. Uh, on Instagram or Spotify, Apple Music, uh, YouTube. If you just Google my name, it all it all should all pop up. Um, yeah. Nice. Well, I want to give you the last word here, and I think it's so cool you're pursuing you know multiple dreams. I think a lot of people will think you know uh, doing design work in Hollywood would be the ultimate. But then you get this other creative outlet. You know, how do how do you balance the two? Well, um, I don't know if I have a good answer for that, other than I just try to keep doing both. I guess. Um, I mean, I would love to get to the point with my music where I could just do that for a while, even if it's for a few years. But it's just it's kind of increasingly difficult to to make money from from music so i always have to have another career um, and thankfully yeah i've got to do some cool stuff for my job it's, you know my day job is something that i also enjoy so thankful for that and if you do a concept video this year uh how would you design the set for it um well, we were, I don't know. I mean, there's, we've, I've been talking with Aaron, the guy who directed this video, and then um, some other people about uh, some ideas. So we've, we've got a bunch of possibilities. Um, we've been talking about doing some stuff with the LED wall, like the green screen wall, or um, maybe building some stuff, but it's all kind of very nebulous right now. So can't really say what we're going to do next but hopefully we'll do some more cool videos and like if you referenced a movie in this one would would it be a clockwork orange um hmm. that'd be interesting or yeah. maybe like um or maybe ironically you could reference pretty woman <laughs> yeah i mean it is fun you know, thinking about, you know, what, like, if we should just keep doing film references, it is kind of a fun starting point for a music video. Yeah. What's your favorite film of all time? Oh, man. Um, I really like Paris, Texas. I don't know if I would say it's my favorite film of all time, but it's definitely up there. Nice. Yeah. Maybe you could, maybe you could like, uh, Go go all the all the way different and do like an homage to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like would that, would that take a budget? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, everything takes a budget, even if it's you know super simple. It still costs something. Um, 
yeah. it does. Yeah. I hear you. Well, hey, let me uh, thank you for sharing all this. I think we got course, two for the price. Yeah, we not only got to talk, you know, to a musician, but, you know, a Hollywood insider. So that's always a treat. And for the people who've been listening, you know, this is Isaac Waters with two A's in Isaac, two T's in the Waters. And this current single is All I Need. Really encourage people to find the video and watch it. And I'm really looking forward to the full album when it comes out. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for taking the time to talk with me. This has been the Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes.